You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, the best way to find out about new comic book series is to turn on the TV and check out the new CW fall lineup. This is Melanie. And in the future, the North American Union and the South American Alliance will join to create a super country known simply as Merca. This is Jesse. And in the future, when a crown falls out of your tooth on a Friday, dentists will actually fix it over the weekend. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast. This is episode 20. Still not legal to drink yet, Melanie. Oh, oh excuse me. Oh, darn it. Oh, <laughs> golly gee. Grolix you in the first <laughs> intro, in the first minute of it. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, we've got a great, big, awesome show for you today. Uh, we're yeah. Gonna- we're going to do our greetings. We're going to probably talk about a little, I don't know, in-house type stuff. Uh, and then we're going to do this month's poll list pick, um, which was yeah. Harold, Lovecraft, and Tesla. Mm-hmm. By a landslide. Yeah. And then we are going to do another Dead Air installment, which we talk about The Walking Dead. This This episode will be volume three. At some point, we'll probably talk about some Doctor Who. Ooh. Ooh, Doctor Who. <laughs> it sounded like you both said who, but you were they were who's. Um, and then, and then, and then that—that's our show. <laughs> so I don't know why. I, I think that's a that's a thing I'm trying to I'm trying to like do. I'm trying to bring that to the show. Just like you tune in and you're like, here's what we're talking about, so you so they know. Right? Is that, that something we ever did yeah. before? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Sometimes we kind of let them know, sort of, yeah. when we care. When we care. When we care. <laughs> like I care. And, and, well, you know, Grolix, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Grolix cares. Grolix cares. Melanie might not, but we do. I care. Collectively, we care. I care a lot. We have. We have. <laughs> Sorry. The the capacity. We have the capacity to care. <laughs> that's the worst like bumper sticker ever we have the capacity to care yeah mm-hmm. but you know but you know if we have time doing is a whole other <laughs> thing being able and actually doing two different things true. yeah very true so so how's it how's it going guys how are you all i'm i'm all right you all right i went to a carnival last night you went to a carnival last night it was fun and nobody, oh. nobody, parts, uh, rides didn't fall apart? Nothing fell apart. Some what? of them weren't completely put together, but that's fine. <laughs> I was going to say, everything I know about carnivals is not true. <laughs> uh, uh, there was one ride we, we went on many times that uh, we had to keep waiting while they went and soaked down one or other of the like a ca- a little... other cars because they were full of vomit. And that was, oh. that was great. That's a good indicator that it's a good ride, though. Yeah. That was, that's almost advertising. That was, like, yeah. our favorite ride there, actually. 
She's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, there's going to be a wait. Somebody vomited. And everybody's like, really? Yeah, we're like, and, and luckily we noticed a pattern forming. Stay off of the yellow cars. Those are the puke cars. <laughs> you, you see a little kid that, that goes in looking a little wishy-washy, and the guy's like, sit in that one. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, keep it, keep it to the yellow cars. <laughs> that's funny. Because that's the wishy-washy car. Yeah. That's, that's the one they have to wishy-washy. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> It's designated, so. Mm-hmm. Well, and you took some great pictures. There's a, one of my favorite was, and you captioned it fantastically, was there's like, um, it's like a, like a cartoon bug face, you know, like a big plastic part cartoon bug face that would go on the front of like some like kids ride mm-hmm. car or something. Yeah. And, uh, it was just laying on the ground. Yeah. Well, it was, Bella had ridden on this little kid roller coaster. That I I didn't get on any of the little kid rides with her because you you're know, not because you're a, a big kid yeah I'm a big kid and uh, as she's pulling back in after the end of the ride I, I went to take a picture and I noticed there's this big pile of lead nuts and bolts laying right there and I'm like oh crap so I took a picture of that uh, you know the pile of nuts and bolts and the wrench like sitting right next to the little conductor area and I'm like that's that's a little disturbing and then I look <laughs> over and then on the other side of the like rail under the, under the roller coaster yeah is this big weird like bug face thing um, oh. and you captioned it about something about a a little piece of childhood trauma yeah. laying on the ground <laughs> yep and i'm like yeah uh it, it, leave as many nuts and bolts out as you need as long as you don't put that horrendous thing back on <laughs> i don't i don't like my rides to have faces <laughs> no no well, that face was that wasn't on the ride anymore. It was just a face on the ground. That's where it belongs. <laughs> yes. Anything new with you, Jesse? Uh, last night we went to a uh, gallery reception thing where uh, it was the like annual fundraiser. So I was all schmancy with my half a tooth. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, of I was. I was a. We were the host couple, so it was like, hey. Good to see you. I'm not going to smile at you, though. <laughs> you just, this is like wor- worst case scenario for losing a tooth. You just, not, not a tooth, but, you know, like a crown. That looks like I've lost a tooth. <laughs> you just shake hands, be like, hi, I'm Jesse. Uh, my, my, my crown fell out. Hi, I'm Jesse. My <laughs> crown fell out. And then you should be like, I'm too fancy to smile. Who's that guy? He seems really intense. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, someone did say, uh, like Holly was much more smiley than I, and she's and they were like, um, she's why why does she look like she's having more fun? And I'm like, she's better at it. <laughs> <laughs> that was my deflection. Was uh, she's good at having fun <laughs> i guess so yeah <laughs> but but no one can see my awkward smile on the podcast so this is ideal yeah. yeah but we did tell them about it yeah oh yeah so you know if you hear any weird whistling that's probably just like the wind in the willows of my teeth in post, I'm going to go and put, like, extra whistles. <laughs> like, a, like Steamboat Willie. Yeah, it's going to be comical. <laughs> I haven't really been up to much in terms of, like, I haven't been going to carnivals or art galas. <laughs> I've been prepping this thing I'm kind of excited for, and it's relevant to the podcast. 
Uh, it's very tedious to prep this, but uh, we have, we have, oh, I've got a couple things to talk about. So we're on the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network, which you hear at the beginning of every episode. If you've ever listened to us, you know we're on there because the intro's there. I I operate that podcast network, so, it, you know, <laughs> it, by default we're on there. But we got another show to join up. Um, You know, in the past we've talked about the Technology Geek, which has kind of turned into the Brandon Lapani La show. We we have another another awesome show, and this is this this one's very in line with what we talk about here. So they're oh, usually yeah. a little bit more movie centric, but they still talk a ton of comics. Uh, Fat Boy and Captain Llama is on the Electronic Media Collective podcast network now. Yay! Uh, yes. yes. Woo! So welcome to them. I was very excited when they uh, when they accepted. My offer to join up with us. Yes, welcome to Fat Boy and Captain Llama. Yes, both of them. <laughs> yeah. That's a very fun show. I enjoy listening to it. Sounds it. fun. Like I said, they talk about comic books and a lot of like comic book movies. They um they're not they're not vulgar, but they don't have the language restriction we put on ourselves. So right. uh they get a little more loose with it sometimes. And that's that's a lot of fun to listen to. Well, you you look at the titles and you'll know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not all the titles, I, I kid, but no, that's awesome because they uh, recently talked about Fantastic Four before we did, so mm-hmm. awesome. And they seem like very nice gentlemen. Yeah. Lovely. But it's it's a fun show. and it's, I listen. It's I'm a listener. Yeah. Yeah, me too. That's It's always great to, yeah, be like, okay, because I, I really enjoy your show, so... Hey, join join our network because we like you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they did. <laughs> hey, n- not everyone does. <laughs> I've approached I've approached uh, 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 other shows, and they forgot to get back to me. Is all. Okay. Yeah. 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 We're busy. Busy guys. But I mean, the podcast network is just it's you know literally a place you can go if you like our show. You can go there and find some other shows that are similar in spirit to our show. Um, it's a good way to discover new shows, um, and that's really what it's what it's all about. Further along those lines, I have been prepping a electronic media collective radio station that'll stream twenty four hours a day. It's an internet radio station, and you'll be able to hear nothing but podcasts during the day, and then uh, nothing but music, uh, mostly electronic musicians group music. Which is kind of like the music counterpart to the podcast network. I mean, it literally is like the same thing, only for music. So I figured, what better thing to do than put those together? Randy, what is electronic music? That is a great question. (laughs) It's like a grouping of genres in a way. It has, it's more to do with how music is produced. But like, you know, you, a lot of people think, techno sure techno would fall in there dance house but also like industrial music produced using samples or synthesizers so created with electronic sounds as opposed to traditional instruments yes generally yes i mean there can be a healthy mix of both okay um but yeah it's come from the spirit of like a uh, creating music electronically and then you know there's a wide depth of stuff that falls in there but that's like the yeah how how you create the music is the main defining factor of what makes it something that would mesh in the electronic musicians group yes okay 
And uh, so much music is added to it, at the very least, on the computer before it is mm-hmm. completed that a lot of music I mean, fall into arguably that. a lot of stuff, not everything, but a lot of stuff you're going to, you hear on the radio, a lot of, like pop music, you wouldn't think as electronic music, but it totally is most pop music. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm not saying, you know, we're a pop music group because that's, that's not really the case, but. Well, a lot of pop music is stealing elements, you know, like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I, I don't have good examples, but like uh, Zed and um, uh, Taylor Swift will steal some electronic music stuff, but that doesn't mean she falls in that genre. They do steal a lot from, from, from. Oh yeah. Well, like when, dub, like when dubstep was super, super popular, you heard a lot of dubstep uh, within a pop song mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it wouldn't be the whole pop song but all of a sudden you'd have some wub wubs and i've noticed that like dubstep was like a very new strange genre that like mutated in upon itself multiple times but it was for the most part kind of a new very strange sound and retro synth stuff is by its nature you know like a throwback sound mm-hmm. but sure. i think you and it's already been you, it's already been noticed, but like that scene is kind of gaining some ground mm-hmm. and you can already see that creep into pop music and stuff. Yeah. When I made an effort to try and find new music because I didn't want to stagnate in the nineties. Um, <laughs> I was like, this sounds like the eighties. Like so a lot of the new music sounds like eighties music. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Okay, well, then I guess it won't be too hard to find new music that I can get into because this is stuff that I listened to when I was little, mm-hmm. basically. And before, and before, you know, before dubstep, there were other, um, there's just like little techniques and certain sounds in a lot of electronic dance music, EDM in general, which is like too, it's just a super vast genre anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but you'll hear things crop up in smaller scenes and they, they trickle upwards. There's certain things that trickle trickle upwards mm-hmm. um, into pop music, but how did how did we get here? <laughs> it, I blame Jesse. <laughs> I think it is my fault. So it's okay. It's okay. Um, I, I said Taylor Swift, and we just went downhill from there. I think Taylor Swift did a very '80s sounding album recently. She well, she even called it something. Yeah, yeah like 1989 or something. Yeah, yeah. So it's her fault. It's t- and, and by proxy, my fault. <laughs> apparently I'm in proxy with your switch. Yep. <laughs> your cahoots. <laughs> oh boy. I'm a super villain now. <laughs> um so you're like one of the ex boyfriends in Scott Pilgrim. That's how you're <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. If I lose my super vegan powers <laughs> I'm gonna be out of luck. Big time. Anyway, uh, yeah, so there will be more about that. I, I'm actually, I kind of need to launch the station within a month or else they'll delete everything I've been uploading to their servers. Oh, so all the work is gone. Yeah. And and you all need to listen because if no one listens, well, they also delete everything that's in there. Yeah, oh, it's, no. well, it's like, I mean, it's like radio. There will be um, ads occasionally. Uh, but that's because they need to do that to pay for hosting and the streaming services. So yeah, there there is a like you have to have like so many hours listened to, or so many mm-hmm. listeners every so often. Um, I don't think it'll be too bad, but uh, 
yeah, at the very least, you and I and Jesse can just you know, <laughs> leave turn, the computer. Turn, on. <laughs> turn the computer on. <laughs> let it let it stream for an hour or two every day. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Much like our main podcast. Oh no! This is, oh no! This is the episode where we are self-deprecating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, th- I've never listened to the podcast, baby. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I, I, true. You're right. <laughs> One third of the show. You know, that's not uncommon for podcasts that I've heard. Um, it seems like there's at least one guy who has to edit the thing. Which is you. Which, oh, yeah. Which is me. I know Jesse listened to every episode, too. And there's right. there's always, like, one guy or gal mm-hmm. that um, never doesn't listen to any podcast. Well, uh, every podcast that has multiple hosts, at least one of them doesn't even listen to podcasts. And that's, that's you. I, I started listening to that one zombie thing. Oh, yeah. That's like a... Yeah, they call it a podcast, but that's an audio play. I'm glad you're listening to that. Yeah. I thought you would like that. We're alive. I do like that. It's an audio play. It's like a uh, ah. post-apocalyptic uh, zombie audio. Well, I guess it would be post-apocalyptic, but it's like during a zombie outbreak. Yeah. So okay. And I listen to it when I play my spades. So yeah. So you listen to yeah. Well, you play your Facebook games and your card games and spades. stuff. Sure. It's not your number it's not games. Just a card game, baby. It's a way of life. It is a way of life. <laughs> it is. It's a gardening utensil. <laughs> that it's also. a second job. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> they have they have like spades tournaments in real life. I just won't go to them because I am antisocial. But would I you could, never? I could win a never met a spade I didn't like. Would you go to a spades um competition? I would go and watch. I don't. I don't think I would compete, but I could probably do decent because I stop when I don't have a crap partner, which is why I like to play solo, which is why I need a podcast to do to take my mind off it. <laughs> point but yeah Yeah, so anyway (laughs) yeah we're alive that's wow we are just jumping from thing to thing yeah i'm sorry (laughs) no no i'm glad you brought that up because that's something i've been enjoying too and actually i think you blew past me on a couple episodes Mm -hmm. been listening to some audio plays obviously for for recently doctor who was kind of my like like many things my gateway into Mm -hmm. checking out more um, and I think that this is what he gave me that to listen to as a gateway so that he's like, yeah, when you're done with this, we've got some Doctor Who you can start listening to, which <laughs> I'm actually okay with. So This kind of ties into something me and Jesse were messaging each other about today. It helps to, like, depending who you're trying to pull into a thing, whether it's audio plays or Doctor Who in general, mm-hmm. it helps to, like, know that person and what would appeal to them because you can usually find a gateway. In this case, I was like, hey, Melanie, you like zombies. Um, <laughs> and it's a pretty well-produced show, this uh, We're Alive. Mm-hmm. But isn't that how you got into Doctor Who? Well, Is yeah. Similar? Melanie had, was watching Doctor Who. And it's not that I wasn't totally not interested, but I was like, ah, I got other things to do. And then she made me watch the... Uh, gas mask. The gas mask zombies with the creepy little kid. It was the Doctor Dances and... I can't remember what the other part of that episode. The, uh, the Empty Child. Yeah, The Empty Child. Um, because she knew that appealed to me on many levels. There's just mm-hmm. a lot of creep, creepy factors going on there. And that was totally my gateway into Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. And then I went wild. <laughs> yep, yep. Th- then I just bathed in the world of Doctor Who. Indeed. 
And I scrubbed my armpits <laughs> <laughs> with Santer- Santerans. And, uh, it's, a, it's a new clone batch, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not 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 great fighters, but good for scrubbing armpits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. When we recorded the last episode, had we finished the series yet? Uh, you guys still had the eighth Doctor movie yet to do, I believe. So we've watched it. We finished it. Oh, okay. Oh, you subjected yourself to that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're okay. <laughs> we survived. <laughs> we did. We act, there were some laughs. I had some laughs. I was able yeah. to. Every time it would get kind of like really frustrating. I'd think of some random thing they did in either the classic series or the new series that felt like just as much of a like ridiculous leap. Oh, sure. So I was like, in a way it all works in a way it <laughs> somehow. Works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was fairly ridiculous, but there were part parts that I was like, I thought it was going to be way worse in yeah. this direction or that direction than it was. Mm-hmm. So I, overall I was pleased. I'm, Oh, go ahead. I think the I think the doctor is perfect. You know, like Sylvester McCoy did well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul McGann did well. Mm-hmm. Full stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the doctor was done well. <laughs> the master. Uh, yeah, no, there's much. He's a gooey snake. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but I don't blame Julie Roberts' bl- brother, whose name I don't remember. Eric, Eric, Eric Roberts. Okay. I don't, Eric bl- Roberts, I don't yeah. blame Eric Roberts. I blame whoever gave, made that rope the part. Yeah, he he looked okay yeah. in the part. Yeah. You know, they even put him in creepy uh, Gallifreyan big robe. Uh huh. It disappoints me with things America does to foreign properties. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blame Canada on this one because that was actually shot in Canada. Was it? Yep. Well, their fault. Canada, what is wrong with you? Well, okay. Yeah, well, except when you guys make comics, which are awesome. I will give you that. And one of the show creators was Canadian. Oh, that, yeah. Oh, man. We've got to give Doctor Who to Canada, too. Yeah. All right. You guys rock. And there's a lot of pretty good Doctor Who podcasts out of Canada, so there's but, fans. But don't let it go to your head. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> keep, keep in line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mainly because you're above us and it's easy to throw things downhill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The seventh doctor arrives on Earth. You know, he's got this whole master thing going on, you know, with the goo, snake goo and the Mm -hmm. ashes, whatever, whatever all that was. And somehow the Daleks are involved. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. For whatever reason, the Daleks are. uh, Yeah. Because he's targeting the master for whatever reason. It was like, I didn't know they had that big of a beef with him. But he he had to go to Scarrow to pick up the master or the master's remains or whatever Mm -hmm. from some prison on Scarrow. That was all very weird. I kind of seen it as a, uh, hey, Scarrow, Daleks, like, let's. You know, that's a big Doctor Who thing. Let's throw it in there. Yeah. And I give them props for referencing as many, like, I mean, pulling the seventh Doctor in there himself and giving him a regeneration for this, this basically what was supposed to be a pilot for a new Doctor Who series across the sea here, mm-hmm. or the ocean, whatever. <laughs> um, I give them props for, like, tying it that closely to the original show. Like, I'm glad they did that. There's the, you could call it the, I guess in this case, Canadianization, but the America, Americanization where the doctor gets to Earth, steps out, 
and what happens? There's a machine gun. There's like a big gun uh, gunfight. There's a machine. Yeah. Gun. He gets mowed down in machine gunfire. I was like, what kind of what? Yeah. I was upset at that point. I was like, that's not how they're gonna take this doctor out. Like, <laughs> I was and so. They kind of did, kind of didn't. I yeah, mean, it was the impetus, but yeah, yeah. I actually ended up feeling a lot better because I was like, that surgery idea is actually pretty cool. Yeah, where right. and then they had the classic Universal monsters like tie over, which was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of fun. There's a little but, bit of Frankenstein and the you know it's alive and mm-hmm. little little cheesy, but I like I, you know I can forgive that. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, so the eighth doctor regenerates in the morgue uh, cooler, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. the fridge, and bashes the door off the hinges. Oh yeah, super strength apparently. And I was kind of like, "What is that?" And then I remembered Matt Smith's regeneration. I was like, "Okay, well, weird stuff." Yeah. Happens. Well, and even <laughs> and even the uh, nine to ten regeneration, where all sorts of things can uh-huh. happen. Oh, I can just heal because I'm still in the regeneration uh, process. Yeah, he loses a hand. Yeah, yeah. So it's weird. That was another case where I was like, it could have really like soured me on it. Then I was like, oh yeah, this is, there's precedent. And then there was a lot of like actiony stuff. Like he's there. I seen somebody online call it like the Terminator two remake of Dr. Who or something like that. <laughs> and they're really a lot of time on a motorbike. Yeah. yeah. Running away from, I think he's an, the master driving an ambulance or mm-hmm. something. Oh, yeah. yeah. The motorcycle stuff, I was like, oh, what is all this? And then I remembered Matt Smith riding a motorcycle up the side of a building. I was like, okay, well. Well, and Pertwee uh, riding any motorized vehicle <laughs> he could get his hand Ho- on. Yeah. Hovercrafts, mm. dune yeah. buggies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the future, dune, dune buggies, too. That weird little helicopter thing. Oh, that? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, had a, he had a James Bond thing going on, for sure. Yeah, he did. And then the one thing that really, and this is something that they kind of play on quite a bit in the new series that hardcore classic who fans complain about a bit. And I know Jesse kind of has some beef with this a bit, um, but it's not as evident as it is in this, the shoehorned love story. Mm-hmm. There's always got to be a love attract. Uh, what do they call it? A love yeah. interest. Yeah. I didn't it buy was that the first, at all. It was the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it really was, and it was like, so it just ticked certain boxes where I was like, oh, why did you have to do that? Yeah. Why does there have to be machine guns um, in the first five minutes? But there's worse things to hate. Like, that that one does bug me. It bugs me more in the new series because they didn't let it go. Mm -hmm. But, like, in this movie, it doesn't bug me as much as, say, oh, I'm half Time Lord. The big thing. Yeah, I'm half human. Like, that. that's, yeah. The half-human thing is, yeah, that thing's so massive, that, like, little, like, weird thing they decide to throw in there, that obviously they had planned. That was clearly some kind of Fox uh-huh. slash new writer thing. Uh-huh. Where it's um, like, well, the, they can't be relatable unless they're half-human. And it's weird, like, so, they've dropped that for the new series. I mean, obviously, they've never really touched on that. Mm-hmm. But right. do you think that's anything they would even contemplate going back in the new series and touching on? Because they tied the movie into the new series. Like that's most of that is canon. Of course, with a lot of right. Doctor Who, you can you and the writers kind of pick and choose what remains canon. So the half human thing, I just assume, is like, well, we're gonna take this since McCoy was in there. 
Um, they've gonna... they've retconned that in, in multiple different ways. Like uh, they had a certain way to handle it in the audio, and then they had a certain way to handle it in the book. I read the book that's supposed to come out right after it mm-hmm. uh, called the, the Eight Doctors, where uh, basically the master had like a contingency plan left in the TARDIS that uh, was a trap, and it went off, and he lost his uh, memories and stuff. And so he had to go back in time and re-encounter himself to gain his memories back. And uh, basically, it was like a ruse of some sort. I I don't know how they explained it real well, but they basically said it was a a trick. Um. The doctor lost part of his Time Lord capacity. No, he didn't. So, I don't know. They've tried. Ter- I mean, that was Terrence Dix too. Like they pulled in the big guns for that one. Uh-huh. Like, how do we how do we fix this? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So overall, I mean, it wasn't great, but I didn't come out of the viewing as the end is pretty awful. I didn't come out of it as disgusted as a, as I thought I might because I was kind of like, well, there's some entertaining stuff in there, and then there's a lot of stuff where I'm just like, oh, okay, well, that was a thing for that one movie. Yeah, and everybody can just move on. We're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love that scene where he kind of discovers who he is, and he's like, he just stops mid sentence, and he's like, "And these shoes fit perfectly." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and that's where I was sold. I was like, "Oh, we need." More. That's why I'm like, we need a new Paul McGann TV series. Yeah, I mean, we need some. I mean, he's perfect for it, but. We probably won't ever get that beyond the night of the doctor, but that's why I was so like, I don't know, fanboying over the, the night of the doctor, Mm -hmm. because it was like, ah, finally, finally we get another on air appearance. We get two Mm. and one's a mini. sode. it's crazy that, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of ninth doctor stories, but only the two, like the one movie and the one appearance in the actual television series. And the one appearance was like, not even what I don't, was that even broadcast? Cause I think it was just the web thing. I mean, it's officially show produced. The, uh, the, the eighth, mini one. yeah, the mini appearance where he regenerates into the war doctor. It's uh, I believe it's included in the DVD release. Of oh, nice. The- good, good of the 50th so i it's it's considered canon it would be cool if we could actually get more televised Mm -hmm. well he's young enough you know he's he's not it's not like the other doctors where it's like okay well we we can't really get more fourth doctor unless we call him the curator Mm -hmm. um but the eighth doctor is still well within you know he he still looks like his doctor yeah Mm mm-hmm and and they did that good thing where they made him look all weird and you know blousy and uh, <laughs> blousy yeah and funky haired so yeah yeah they give him a different hairdo a better wig because mm-hmm. <laughs> he apparently hated that wig I don't blame him <laughs> yeah uh, the TARDIS was very interesting looking yeah oh yeah they really ramped up the it's bigger and on the inside thing yeah it's like it's almost like a castle in there hey a bat <laughs> yeah i mean so that was kind of fun i appreciated like i've i've noticed in the new series a couple like like jabs and callbacks to um mm-hmm. that tardis interior i think 
can't recall them offhand, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that's not the normal TARDIS interior, but it was kind of cool to see that and weird because they had the big like fight showdown and that was totally just like castle interior. Oh yeah. (laughs) You drive the uh, motorcycle in and it comes back out that Mm -hmm. whole thing. That was fun. I enjoyed that quite a bit. And it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, obviously they couldn't do it quite as fancy as like, um, recently where they have got, uh, Clara driving into the TARDIS and the camera follows behind her into the TARDIS, you know? Mm, Yeah. But I, I like how they did it. (laughs) It (laughs) makes it extra cartoony. All right. Well, that was some, that was some talk. We've got more Doctor Who talk to do later, I imagine, but we should probably move on to... Some comic books. Yes, let's do that. Some comics. Let's, let's All right. it up. So let's talk about our poll list pick. Now, I haven't, I haven't looked at the com website since uh, we started recording, obviously. But I don't mm-hmm. imagine the voting on next week's pick, or next month's pick, has changed a whole lot. So I'm just going to go ahead and call it. The title with the most votes, so basically what we're going to read this month and talk about next episode is Old Man Logan, Wolverine, Old Man Logan. Yep, that is current. We have it at uh 41% of the votes. Nice. It was it was um followed closely by Batman Arkham Asylum. Yep, which has been on there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it inches up past in the number 1 vote or number 1 spot and then something like quickly overtakes it at the end yeah. every time. Yeah. It's kind of stalled out at uh, where it's at so yeah i don't think there's been a lot of new votes on it for a while mm-hmm. so yeah old man wolverine or old man logan <laughs> i've never <laughs> i've never read it have you read it jesse i have not no oh, that surprises me <gasps> this will be totally new i'm 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 familiar with it I, yeah i know what it is um but I've i never... know the premise yeah mm-hmm. it sounds good i just i don't know why i haven't read it so i'm excited for that melanie seems not as excited for it well you know it'll be good you'll like it I better. No, no. I I like the X Men stuff anyway. I the I mean I haven't read a whole lot of it, but you're not big on Wolverine. Is that is that is that it? Is that it? Tell us. Uh, it may be a little bit. What you don't like Wolverine? What's your problem? Not so. Not particularly. <laughs> I mean, no. You don't have to like Wolverine. It's fine. He's arrogant. Well, I think. I mean, people love Wolverine. That's why he would appear in so many books. I know. But there's, you get kind of the. Um, lashback it's the like the batman thing mm-hmm. obviously people love batman and buy batman or else there wouldn't be a million batman books but then you've got another portion of people who are like Ugh, i'm tired of batman or i'm tired of wolverine like why do why do these guys have to appear in every title yeah, yeah. um and i understand that yeah i guess maybe that's kind of what i am because uh... well it seems like um wolverine is the character that's so popular in the x-men universe that he almost gets that hipsterism where it's like mm-hmm. um you know like the people who don't know anything about comics know about wolverine and they're like yeah wolverine it right and you're like ah i knew wolverine before he's cool and he's not <laughs> he's not anymore so well and, and when you when you read i didn't like i said i haven't read a whole lot of x-men but what i've read of x-men he's not really all that cool to me as far as mutant powers go there's some that are way cooler than him that i wish they would focus on right it's a good time to read it because i mean we have at least one more x-men movie but it sounds like um 
Oh, yeah. Hugh Jackman, I mean, I think he's in for the next X-Men movie and maybe another Wolverine. But and that'll then, probably and then be... And he's going to quit because he's an old man? <gasps> well, that's... I'm like, no joke, though. I mean, yeah, he, he is yeah. getting older, and it's harder for him to maintain that physique, even though it seems like he's beefier in each freaking movie. Yeah. When they've kind of hinted that maybe the third Wolverine movie will be Old Man Logan. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I figured this is this is a good time to read that as well, because um, it'll probably... You know, it, it, at the very least, they'll pull a lot of ideas from it if they're going to retire the character. Because right. who else? They can't replace Hugh Jackman at this point. He's been in how many of the movies? Is that role? Um, all of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Literally, he, he's like the only character that is the same in every single movie. I mean, or, even, or same actor. I mean, even um, first class, he still had that cameo, which right. was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got yeah. the f bomb in that movie, mm-hmm. and <laughs> yeah. it was perfect. Was the only one they needed, yeah. Yep. That's next episode. Yep. <laughs> but this episode. This, this episode, episode. Let's put Wolverine aside for now and talk about the real comic, the real the real issues at hand. Issues one through six specifically. <laughs> we read Harold, Lovecraft, and Tesla. Uh, issues number one through six. Six isn't even out as of recording. It'll be out this coming week. Really? Yeah. I feel super special. Yeah, it's very cool. We got that from, obviously, Preview. from the creators. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of extra things to say about this. This, this. this title is blowing up. So this was the book. We talked about it in, I think, episode 19, I think. Mm-hmm. Episode 19 of the Grolix podcast. Uh, we're basically, they, uh, I don't know how they found, found us, how they found the Grolix podcast or our website, but they had rallied their uh, their readers, their cultists, uh, to vote for, for them in the pull list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we hadn't even heard of this book before. I hadn't come across it. And uh, it just came out of nowhere and blew everything on the pull list away mm-hmm. uh, because they rallied their readers. Um, so that's, that's very cool. We've talked about it a couple times. I mean, uh, I think it was on our list, and then it, yeah, then it exploded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I... If I can jump in. Yeah. I loved it. Like, from the very first couple pages, I was like, I love this. I already know it. I love it. Yeah? Uh-huh. But I, I was, you know. You sounded on board just by the title when we first mentioned it. Oh, well, of course, yeah. Oh, what's not to like? I mean, yeah. yeah. We read issues one through six, which you can also get as um, the first two trades. Uh, volume one co- has issues one through three, and that is called History in the Making. And then volume two... It's called uh, "Fingers to the Bone," and that's not out till September thirtieth. I don't know what uh, I don't know what Volume Three is about, but uh, they just posted on their Facebook page that research for Volume Four issues ten through twelve is called "Bundles of Joy," and they have this picture of uh, a place that's just called Lovecraft, and it's got the like uh, was it serif font Lovecraft, and it's got like lips next to it. It's like a yeah. Like one of those love shops. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. For the, for the mature, for mature adults and such. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh- <laughs> but I think, I think uh, people of all ages can get into this series. So, yeah, I think so too. I'm pulling this information from their uh, Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, Harold Lovecraft and Tesla is an ongoing comic with words by John Riley, art by Tom Rogers and ink color and letters by Dexter Weeks. When Tesla's fiance, 
Amelia Earhart is pulled into another dimension after stealing one of Tesla's unfinished devices, Tesla seeks out Lovecraft's arcane expertise to save her. Their journey pits them against ancient gods, secret societies, strange technologies, and other historical villains like Aleister Crowley and Thomas Edison. That guy's a jerk. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to say it. Edison? Yeah. Yeah. He is a jerk. Obviously, the idea was like when we discovered this on the pull list and looked into it a little bit, we were all intrigued by the idea. And I, yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. this was really good. I did too. The only thing that I, the only criticism I had at all, and it was very small and it actually turns into a compliment, is trying to make all these fictional characters know each other is, eh, eh, except that they do it really well and in believable ways because they take parts of the real historical figures' uh, history and work it into each other. Like, you know, everybody knows Houdini went to a lot of seances and whatever, and he worked that in, they worked that into... Like Aleister Crowley and... Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. 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 T- being able to tie the characters together yeah. that way. I like how, like, uh, Mark Twain is like, um, Tesla, do you know this guy? Mm-hmm. I think so, like, they even kind of tongue-in-cheek back to it. It's like, okay, well, Tesla and Twain know each other, but Lovecraft, who's that guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and through that, like... They're able to tie in then Houdini in through Lovecraft and his mom. Is a very unu- unusual and interesting character. Yeah, I, you know I want I want to know more about yeah that whole thing. Yeah, don't mess with his mom, man. No way. Okay, so so they're working with um these like historical characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I was really impressed by is that they're not just like the name. You know, it's not just like well, this is Lovecraft, or this is Tesla. Like, each character has a very unique identity or a personality. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not necessarily like, look at all these cool guys. Like, some of them are annoying, or some of them are, um, have, they have character flaws, is what I'm saying. Like, right. it's not just like bad. Mm-hmm. And they use these personalities, like, there's really interesting dynamics between the characters. I mean, the book is Lovecraft and Tesla. And it really plays at them being like on opposite ends of a spectrum. The buddy cops. It really is. <laughs> it, it it is. And like uh, Tesla is the straight the straight man, and Lovecraft is kind of like the uh, off kilter. Yep, he's a loose cannon. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um, at one point, and I don't really want to talk spoilers on a lot of this stuff, but at one point, they kind of split up for part of this issue, and then towards the end enter the same room but they're kind of in like a it's like a cliffhanger end of the episode issue where they're like you know oh we're in a predicament all of a sudden but when they see each other lovecraft's like a professor and tesla calls him mr wizard or something as it was calls him wizard or something <laughs> like that mm-hmm. just the way they like refer to each other that way yeah i i butchered that but so i really i enjoyed that quite a bit they're, they're just playing off the personalities back and forth mm-hmm. um and then how other people also react to because Lovecraft, they, he's really a, a, a wild character in this, uh-huh. which you kind of expect him to be. Yeah, well, and he makes a scene at the at Mark Twain's uh, at Mark Twain's house. It's 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 a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, you when you hear just you hear it, you know, Lovecraft and Tesla. Tesla's an you know interesting and amazing person in himself, but. It's going to be Lovecraft that's going to carry it into the, you know, fun fantasy area of comic books, in my opinion. 
Well, yeah, and they, uh, you know, because Tesla has like the super advanced technology where you can pull the science fiction in there. Mm-hmm. You can pull alternate realities in through Tesla and his devices. And then you add in Lovecraft and you pull in this whole other world of, of mystics and, and yeah, fantasy and mm-hmm. summoning and creatures and yeah. dark gods. And yeah. And that is kind of something, I don't know why it surprised me. I should have expected it, but that is totally something that surprised me because at one point, like the first time, like, a demon type creature shows up. I'm not to say it's a demon, but like a strange creature shows up. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, Oh, okay. Like we're really embracing all this. Like it's, and it, it handles it so well. I'm trying to think of a comparison, like, like, uh, Dr. Strange meets, uh, Tony Stark. I don't know. I know we're supposed to be talking about this, but if I can offer a complimentary book mm-hmm. or comic, I should say series, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, manifest destiny. Yeah. Manifest Destiny pairs perfectly with this, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and I had I had mentioned that to you because on my on my I, I had these on my phone, and I pulled up Comic Rack. If there were a way to like portray a comic book double feature, uh-huh. I had this, and then it was followed by Manifest Destiny, and I looked at those two titles, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Because it is very much you got the historical figures, mm-hmm. but then you're taken into these wild uh, fantasy, science fiction, or horror adventures. Mm-hmm. through these it's like an alternate history type book yeah um and i love that kind of stuff yeah and and this book however i think rides less of a horror feel i mean there's definitely some like horror aspects in there mm-hmm. but this book definitely rides i think a more fun adventure tone right in general than than manifest well, destiny well, well and i think that's lovecraft his horror is i mean it's horror horrifying i suppose into the world type things and future you know evil ruler type creature mm-hmm. whatever but it's always seems like fun and it's the weird languages and all kinds of strange things happening that uh he'd be like yeah it's the end of the world and you know whatever but <laughs> he's kind of like he's kind of like i've seen things you would not believe the things i've seen <laughs> yeah and you're like he does that whole thing and there's a little bit of violence in this. It's not really so much like hardcore. There is a little bit of violence. There's some there's some murder. Uh, and a little bit of blood and stuff. But I think this is something that would definitely... I, I don't know what kind of rating, if it has a rating. It's released by Action Labs. Mm-hmm. Or Action Lab. And um, But I think this is something that would definitely appeal to a wider age, wider age range than some things. Mm-hmm. If you could get them interested in awesome things like science and... Well, let's not get into that debate. <laughs> You're sounding like an old person right now. There are still kids who like that stuff just because the kids they, you know don't. Oh, no. Like, the kids that I know do because I. Okay. Well, there are still impress kids that them like with that awesomeness. Stuff. Kids, you should read it. No, yeah. I think, I think because it does have that gateway into. It ties almost back to Doctor Who where it's like, um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allude to my review of The Last Adventure real quick where uh kids are they're going to be benefited by seeing things that are just a little bit too scary yeah Mm -hmm. like doctor who because the world is scary Mm -hmm. so it's okay to know that the world is scary and it's okay to imagine that the world is even scarier because that makes it fun yeah when you can't go to sleep sometimes and if anybody knows it's lovecraft (laughs) he's seen things Oh yeah. <laughs> the 
the uh but the crux the i mean like without spoiling too much i mean it's right in the solicits uh the crux of the story is that they're going on an adventure because it ties into the disappearance of amelia Earhart. that's why you have alistair crowley that's why you have you know lovecraft that's why you have so many asides a scientist recommends that tesla goes and talks to lovecraft because lovecraft deals with stranger side of things mm-hmm. of of sciences so to speak so using that as a basis for the storyline it makes the launch into the like i said the mystical and the fantastic areas feel more natural mm-hmm. and then therefore the introduction to characters like alistair crowley and and um other characters makes makes sense as well mm-hmm. like it works you had like you you'd mentioned earlier, you kind of had, you're like, I find it. It's a little odd that all these people just know each other, but they don't necessarily all just know each other. It does. It does. Like it's a link of like historical celebrities, uh, like yeah. weird science celebrities and stuff. Uh-huh. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon was actually six degrees of Tesla. Yeah. yeah. And you've got Einstein in there and, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of people who most of them have, have their own kind of like little, bit of historical mystery especially amelia Earhart. that's for sure but yeah you know it, but there's a speculation about a lot of a, almost a all lot of, of them just, yeah 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 so that works really well into it too because mm-hmm. science and and fantasy and historical questions you know mm-hmm. when i i like that uh like einstein at this point in the story he's still like got dark hair as opposed to <laughs> yeah. the wild gray white hair that we're used to. You know what? I didn't even realize he was him until like right, later. Yeah. yeah. Until a little later on. And then I was like, oh, is that Einstein? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it, it made sense because he he does. He looks like Einstein, but we're so used to seeing him as gray and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the artwork. It's got a nice bright color palette when it needs it. And and the art helps reflect the 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 tone of the story yeah uh some of the you could call them creatures that they come across Mm -hmm. in these in these issues are pretty outlandish Mm -hmm. and insane um but it's it's i hate to say fun but it is it's fun yeah yeah and it does keep the mystery like you like you said they're they're basing it on these characters that are historical characters real people but almost all of them had like a strange air of mystery or there's conspiracies or theories about these people. And it plays on that well. It, it it expands on what some of these could be, but also like holds some back so that they continually have mysteries and areas they could explore in future issues. And that's good. Mm-hmm. I do have one criticism about the lettering or specifically the, 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 the word, the dialogue balloons, the word balloons. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't notice it so much in the later issues, but some of the earlier issues the balloon placement didn't flow exactly like I had expected. At first, I thought it was just, you know, because sometimes you do that. You're reading comic books and your eyes jump to the balloons in the wrong order. I mean, as we know, there's an art and a language of the word balloon placement to where your eyes, most of the time when you're going, they just flow from balloon to balloon. It's something, it's either the art or, I mean, sometimes it's obvious how they, where the balloons intentionally lead your eye but i just found there was just a couple times in some of the earlier issues 
where it didn't pull my eye to the right balloon mm-hmm. and the dialogue would be a little out of order and I'd like have to go back and be like, oh, okay, okay, it's supposed to go this way. But in terms of having something negative to say about a book uh-huh. and the fact that that, like I only noticed it in a couple places, it was enough places where I was like, hmm, I might mention this. Um, that's that's pretty good though. That's pretty good. That's that's the only real uh, issue I had with these issues. Maybe you guys didn't you guys didn't find that at all. It, it felt very professional, considering that this is I'm assuming a pretty independent endeavor. Mm-hmm. So that was one of the things I was pretty impressed with. Um, I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know if I noticed the the balloons as much. Maybe it but, was maybe maybe it was just me. And it was it was such an easy read. Like I don't mm-hmm. I think I read this immediately, like beginning of the month, like after the last recording. And uh it wasn't one of those things where I was like, Oh, I gotta gotta make sure I read this. No, it was like a thing where I'm like, Oh, I hope I spread this out enough that I can remember it because I'm just like gobbling each issue up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, I, I read it so long ago now, which you know, we recorded a month ago, so it's only been a month. But uh, I read it all right away, and then refilled my phone with. This is one uh, of the all f- the other stuff I read. This is one of the first months where we had two trades to read. Of course, you know, oftentimes we all read other comics and stuff. You know, like we normally mm-hmm. would. This is one of the first months where we had like two trades to read, and I yeah, I blew through them both of them almost a month ago with no effort, and was like, mm-hmm. "Where's more?" Yeah, I know. Me right. too. I was really just, dis- I didn't realize at first that we were getting advanced things. And I was like, hey, I thought you said we were going to get some advanced things. Where's more? Because- <laughs> like, we did. <laughs> we did. Uh, that's, oh man, Lovecraft and Tesla. Like, yeah, as soon as I finished issue six, and more so than Walking Dead, which we'll talk about l- later, obviously, I blew through all those issues. And as soon as I finished issue six, I was like, I want the next one. Like mm-hmm. there needs to be more. Like this yeah. is definitely one I'll keep following. Yeah. Right. Darn comic books and their long waits in between issues. Yeah. Especially when we read an issue really ahead of time, so we're gonna have to wait even longer. Well, and I like that they're obviously they have a long the long they have the long game plan. You mm-hmm. know? They know where this is going. They're planning for an ongoing series. The mm-hmm. description says, you know, and they were even like posting kind of uh, amusing pictures about volume four mm-hmm. when volume two hasn't even dropped yet. Yeah. Um, so or hasn't finished. Yeah. Yeah. Three still in the wings. Yeah. So obviously they, they have, they know where they're going mm-hmm. and that's, that's exciting too. Fantastic read. Really, really like everything about this, this month's pull list pick was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Do do we know uh, we can find them at Comixology? Where do, where do we find them? You can find them on Comixology. Um, honestly, like the, be- the I the best places I've found to like find information was their Facebook page and their Twitter page. I don't know if they have. Uh, it, I mean, they they're probably listed on the Action Lab the website, whatever that is. I don't know what that is, but it seems like the most direct information is from their Facebook page. That's how we talk to them because we were like hey you know we commented on the fact that they had their uh, cultists rock our poll list yeah i said that weird but uh <laughs> <laughs> that's the most direct route if anything you don't know where to find it 
hop on there and be like, hey, we're we're go to uh, facebook.com slash Herald Comic. It's H-E-R-A-L-D, Herald Comic. And be like, where's the best place for you for us to buy these things? And also they were kind of pushing for like, you can you can have your comic shop get it. You know, you can have you have them add it to your poll list or whatever. So, you know, you can get a physical out there. Oh, cool. And that'd probably be good for them also, because if you're going to get, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're going to get one, might as well get a couple extra, see if anybody else is interested. Yeah, because I mean, if the idea, if what we've said at all sounds interesting, we guarantee you're going to like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And really, we shouldn't even have to say anything. Just come on. The, the, uh, Lovecraft and Tesla. We knew. <laughs> the con- we knew it. The concept is super strong, and the writing and the presentation um, just back it up 100%. Now, I have a little extra to add on to this. This is something I noticed they post today. Um, this isn't necessarily new news, but this is something. This is from a link they posted today from uh, JoeBlow.com. This is a quote from the article. Harold is such a smart idea that just seven months after the first issue hit the stands, the rights to adapt the Action Lab Entertainment comic into a television series has been picked up by uh, Remark Entertainment and Marker Stone Pictures. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So they're already like in talks or in the, like mm-hmm. it's already been op- optioned to become a television series. I have no idea where it would go from here. I mean, that's obviously early news about it. But I think it would make a fantastic series. I do too. Oh, yeah. Like it says there, the idea is so smart. Like it's such a solid concept alone. Oh, yeah. That they're like, yep, do it. And yeah, if they if they follow like how the comics presented it and the characters, I think that's, you know, that'd be a solid ser- TV show as well. Mm-hmm. Just just don't let NBC screw it up like Constantine. Yeah, yeah. just be careful where you shop it to. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. If, if no it- offense, NBC, but get, get it together. <laughs> If the world were a good and just place, which it is not, I, I could envision it um, as something like the the Sherlock series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it's, you know, the, the world never gives me what I want. I almost want to say PBS, but PBS doesn't have, like, their productions don't have the kind of, mm-hmm. like, I say PBS because in terms of American productions, that's where you'll get the good period production. Right. Uh, like a Downton Abbey kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the BBC, although this is, you know... I think those are American companies. I could be wrong. The BBC, like they've got period productions on lockdown. And you mentioned yeah. Sherlock. If yeah. it was handled like you know hip like that, not not like updating it to where you know mm-hmm. it's modern or anything, but yeah, handled well with enough of of a budget to make it look right. And mm-hmm. so long as they stuck with like good writing, it'd be it'd be guarantee. <laughs> Good show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they should just uh, put it on uh, AMC, and then we can just have all of our comic book shows that we talk about on the episode in one place, and it'll save us time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Get on that AMC. Yeah, AMC is definitely a place I'd I'd rather see it go than something like CW. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> or Disney. Yeah, which would what be end up on ABC or something. I don't, know, well, I don't was, know who owns who. I was anymore. trying to think of who's got who's got uh, Agents of Shield. Well, that well Disney in in one way, but uh, I think it's NBC. Oh, NBC. Okay, okay. I think I could be wrong about that. I don't know. Uh, Netflix and Hulu. That's who has. Yeah, it. No, I was gonna say I watch it on Hulu, but oh yeah, 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 yeah that's true. 
So uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is on ABC. ABC, okay. So I assume, well, I don't know. Disney probably owns everything in a way. But I assume that's the station Disney would own then. Or one one of many. A mutual beneficial. Yeah. A love contract, if you will. I was watching not long ago. um, It was one of the Red Letter Media videos for some random Adam Sandler movie. And they oftentimes call him allegedly a fraud because of like cash-in movies where minimal effort, lots of uh, product placement and all that. But anyway, the point of it, the point of me bringing this up was they kind of broke down like the chain of companies that owned, you know, such and such TV channel and such and such and such uh, movie movie studio and this distributor and this airline and this that and this like Coca Cola and like (laughs) this Coca Cola. Well, you know, this soda company, which was it's usually Coca Cola. I mean, Coca Cola owns one of the major networks. I don't know, it's crazy. But and kind of broke down the web of these companies that are all like you know subsidiaries. Thank you, Subsid- subsidiary, whatever. God. Subsidiaries. I discovered new words I can't say all the time on the show, <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of crazy because they're like you know look at all this product placement, and then they take this cruise line in the movie, which happens to be owned by this company, which is partner companies with the studio and this and that, and it was like pretty wild, but like. So many of these companies in different areas are all basically like under the big umbrella of like mm-hmm. mega corporations. The umbrella corp. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was going to go there. You beat me. You know? Yeah. Maybe that's why they intentionally like let bad Resident Evil movies slip. Like nobody will take this seriously. Yeah. Well, you know. Those started off as a, a cautionary tales. <laughs> I don't know. I watched a lot of them for a while. It wasn't until the last two that I kind of fell off. I've seen all but the last one, I think. I'm not sure which one is the last one. That's the reboot. Is the last the reboot the last one? I don't think I they think really so. rebooted it. Maybe they kind of did. Oh, I thought they did. Well, but they, they brought they brought in characters that were supposed to be dead or something. Yeah. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. Retribution. I don't think we saw that one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I've seen. I'm pretty sure I've seen all the other ones. Yeah. Most of them disgust me. I don't, the I don't first. know why. <laughs> Because they're bad movies. They're not, you got You just shut your brain off. That's I like the first one. I liked the first and, one. And your eyes. I didn't like the second one. <laughs> the third one. The third was, one. Okay. I think the third one is not great, but I think that one might be the one I like most at this point. Is that, is that the one with the crows and? That's the desert one where there's yeah. a lot. Of, yeah, yeah, I like that one for whatever reason. Because that's much closer to a actual zombie movie, and I like the desert setting. It's got. Mm-hmm. It legitimately has like the post-apocalyptic zombie outbreak feel. It feels mm-hmm. like a zombie movie. Well, yeah. and it, and the desert setting is part of it too because mm-hmm. it affects everything, including plant life. Until later sequels, in which then they're flying over like lush green city or lush green landscapes. They're just bad movies. That director, <laughs> that director the, the is first. The director is bad. The he is a hack director. He's a, he's a bad man. He's a hack director. Well, and I feel sorry for my love for being married oh. to him, but she's not good. I don't care if mm, I like <laughs> I like me I like Mila Jovovich. I love Mila Jovovich. But when was the last time she was in a good movie at all? Um, not within the last almost two decades. Bull crap. Okay, at least ten years. I don't know about that. I'll have to look because I, I my time is all messed up by 
2000s. They should have been the, like the 90s. Feel like they were the 2000s for me. I was so going to say. Just, uh, I, can't. I was just say Fifth Element is excellent. So, <laughs> that is the last <laughs> one I can think of. It's <laughs> the last one I can think of, and that was definitely within the 90s. Oh, she's been in. That was well within then. the 90s. Are we uh, talking she, like big Zoolander? Parts? She was in Zoolander. Uh, that, that's a good that's a good movie was that is, where is she it? was like is it? <laughs> is it i've never watched it yeah, okay. i can't i can't yeah. totally trash what about, it but, what about that one uh, alien abduction movie that was not a good movie either <laughs> i know the like fake documentary alien abduction movie uh-huh. that was not good yeah, she hasn't done anything good for a long time well that's because they need to make more chick action movies because that's her they do and then they suit. hire her husband and he casts her in it and they make a piece of junk well, I- those are terrible movies. Okay, I don't think it's necessarily fair to call him a hack, because a hack director is just somebody who doesn't give the slightest bit of crap about the projects they work on. They're just there to collect a paycheck, produce what they're told to produce as cheaply and efficiently as possible. Which is like you see a media, like any general mediocre movie. Probably some random hack director that they hired to do the job. He does the job, and everybody's happy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. Because I think he enjoys making the movies he makes. I think he has a passion for making the movies he makes. I liked Resident Evil, which I think was his second movie, or it was one of his early movies. Not Resident Evil, Event Horizon. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. like Event Horizon. But he did, he did the first Mortal Kombat, which is by no means a good movie, but I do enjoy it. Right. Um, And he did Event Horizon. I don't know what else he did between that and Resident Evil, but then it just became Resident Evil. I think he keeps doing it because he enjoys doing it. I just think he has terrible taste in the things he's creating. <laughs> so that's a decision. Well, it's kind of... Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> Call back. Well, it's kind of like all those like super cheesy things from The Matrix that seemed really cool at the time. And in The Matrix, they are cool. But in any other millions of other things that tried to copy it, it seems cheesy. It kind of seems like he just was never able to let any of that go. He just keeps... Well, you see that particularly in uh, the fourth movie where it's really bad. Where it was like, hey, it's, but they didn't even, like, they called it Resident Evil 3D. And it's like, no, don't call it that. Yeah. (laughs) Don't don't call it 3D. That's not a good name for a movie. (laughs) No, they should never call any movie that. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if they like that's the official name, but that's what all of the promos called it. it was basically Resident Evil 3D. I'm like, ah, uh, no. Yeah, they really pushed the 3D on that, on that movie particularly. Yeah. Well, and that was right when 3D made its huge comeback. But still, don't do it. Yeah. So we liked Extinction, but we didn't like, what was it? Not Retribution, because it's Apocalypse, right? Yeah. Oh, the second one? Or no. Is that the second one? No, which one was the... I think it might have been. I only watched that one once, and that one was so awful. I was like, I'm never watching it again. I've seen the first one. Oh, Afterlife. Afterlife. Afterlife 3D. It's Resident Evil Afterlife 3D. That's... Uh, Yep, that's the one. That was terrible. What? Is that the one with the plane? I think so. Where they they go to they go to the Ar- Arctic because that's supposed to be a safe zone, and they're like, "Oh no, it's not. I guess I better go back to a really crowded city and and land on top of a building." Yeah, yeah. Which is crap, anyway. Because oh oh, we have to look up. There's some movie we have to look up 
where zombies evolve. But in every other zombie thing, the cold is supposed to slow zombies down at the very least, if not freeze them. So the Arctic should be a safe zone. There's no reason it wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. Right. That's my zombie aficionado opinion. (laughs) You know what else about zombies? What else? Some people call them the walking dead. What? (laughs) Yes, I've heard this. What a weird name. I know. (laughs) I've also heard there happens to be a little TV show based on an even smaller comic book. What, 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 would they, would they compile those into volumes? And, and if so, is there a volume three? You know what? I do believe there is. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep it together. Oh, gosh. I can't keep it together. <laughs> if there was a volume three, well, no, hold on. We're going to keep this going. If, <laughs> if there was a volume three, I bet it would be called Safety Behind Bars. I bet it would collect issues 13 through 18 of this small, unheard-of comic book series called The Walking Dead. I bet the story would be by Robert Kirkman, and the art just might be by Charlie Adlard. Man, that would be great. That would be great. It'd be pretty cool if that were the case. (laughs) (laughs) Someone should get on that. (laughs) Just jump to volume three. If there, if <laughs> I mean, if they were gonna do it, they should have done it in August of 2015. Yeah, that that would have been the best time. That would have been a a great or not 2015. <laughs> <laughs> we should have read it. In August I was gonna say, um, redacted. Boy, I hope okay. so. If somebody was gonna publish such a trade, they probably should have done it in May 18th of 2005. Oh. Ten years ago. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh man, we're uh, in. Well, you know what? Swamp studies. We were reading like thirty-year-old books. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Oh, geez, though. Ten years ago, <laughs> we're a decade behind the times. But you know what? Okay. So, <laughs> our entertainingly ham-fisted uh, segue says aside. Yeah, this came out 10 years ago. Doesn't feel dated at all. No. None of it I've read has felt dated. No. Um, so, Walking Dead Trade Paperback Volume 3. Uh, this is dead air, obviously. We are in it. I love this one. Yeah. Yeah. I really liked like This blue this probably has to do with the fact that I've read the first volume multiple times and parts of the second one. And this is, for the most part, new territory for me. Uh-huh. But I blew through this way quicker than I expected. For yeah. as as wordy as Walking Dead can kind of be. Yeah, and uh, it started to get a little into the hardcoreness that I love about the series, mm-hmm. which I was glad to get to. I mean, not that it was like all you know pansy before, but it's it's, it's getting better. And uh, and it, finally, some of the things that I have wanted to share with Randall for for I don't even know how long he's finally getting to, and then getting angry <laughs> at me for not sharing. No, that was just for fun. I I know he was. I don't want you to spoil it. You don't get angry at me because you love me. It's it's an act. It's fun. I know. What were you? Th- what were your initial thoughts on this, Jesse? Oh, I it was good. I mean, it it just cruised through, and I guess I kind of forgot about. Um, something we'll probably talk about, which is that the uh, obviously cleaning out the uh, the prison. Like mm-hmm. I kind of forgot a little bit of that because it seems like so long ago. And on the on the TV series, it seems kind of rushed. So it's uh, 
it's much more interesting in this volume, I think, because mm-hmm. they spend more time on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really they're not even done with it yet. They ha- right only just began. Yeah, they kind of clean out just the the necessary bits they need to. Yeah, they go section before by they section. can like settle in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I understand why they rush through it on the show because then they're like, well, let's get to the drama. But um, like yeah, it does push the 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 danger of doing that of going through here in the mm-hmm. dark in a lot of places and cleaning out the zombies. Not only does it yeah kind of touch on how how dangerous it really is to do that, but how much longer in the real world it takes to to get anything done. And I like that events from the past books, mm-hmm. particular particularly the last one, um. With uh, I can't remember the little little town or little neighborhood they had found that they were going to live in, but they're even like you know learned from that mistake of like being too careless trying to clean out this area mm-hmm. and not oh, yeah. not properly searching it out and all this. Uh, they learned from that and were much more careful in dealing with uh, potential hidden zombies and stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Um, we get more more Ty- uh, uh, Tyrese. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyrese, mm-hmm. and, Tyrese and Rick time mm-hmm. during this, which I think in the show they're uh, you know a, like a good pair of characters, but I think in the book like it almost seems like they they bond much mm-hmm. much more. And and book. part of that is something I was talking about with you that um, T Dog is Tyrese, so he you know yeah kind of T Ty- Dog mm. and Tyrese are both Tyrese. Yeah, that's what I, I'm thinking. Because they both have aspects of the comic book Tyrese, mm-hmm. but like the actual character Tyrese in the show is, in a way, way softer than mm-hmm. the comic oh, yeah. book version. Right, yeah. and and all these things that are happening now with Tyrese happened T Dog. Tyrese didn't even come about until after the prison in the show, or at least during the prison. Yeah, but way later. But at the at the yeah. tail end of the prison, though, mm-hmm. right? But I'm just saying, I think they they made T Dog as a kind of a Tyrese, Tyrese stand in, and then right killed him off and brought in an actual Tyrese character. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, wibbly wobbly. Yeah, one of the reasons that I like this book a lot too, and I'm sure you all will agree with me. Uh, is because this is the first one, really, where the walkers were less of a threat mm-hmm. than the people around them. I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like a reverse of uh, volume two, where all the walkers are the problem with that little gated community, and then mm-hmm. in this one, it's like, well, the walkers are not nearly as as mm-hmm. big a threat as as the people that actually live there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is where it really is diving into territory that I think all the really good zombie movies when they when a good when a zombie movie or a story in general, but I have more experience with zombie movies, hits it right is where the zombies are a threat, but the key villain or the key the real threat of the story are the other people. Right. Like, I mean, that's where, I mean, that's classic zombie stuff. And if it's done mm-hmm. well, that comes across, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big element. And you really get that. In fact, I think when this, in so far in this series, when the zombies start to become less of a threat, the body count actually starts to, like, skyrocket way higher than what the zombies were doing. 
Um, because in this, and we're talking full spoilers, right? I'm assuming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, because in this, as soon as like, how many people do the zombies actually kill? Like, maybe no. I can't think. I was. Of I, don't anybody. Know. I, don't, I don't know if they do. Uh, yeah, I, was, I don't think. I don't think that zombies actually get anybody. But we lose like five characters at least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're not all like some new characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they show up at this prison. They're cleaning it out. The moment where they find the four prisoners that are like left back there. Mm-hmm. I love that moment because they're like, mm-hmm. and I kind of, in a way, seen it coming. I was almost like either they're setting up for a really horrific scene or kind of something funny because it's like, um, was it Tyrese and Rick? Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like taking extra care. Like it's just lingering on them getting ready to open this door. Like, be ready, be ready. You know, and I was like, okay, it's either going to be horrific or kind of funny. And they open the door and it's just four prisoners in the middle of this big cafeteria. And they're all just, hey, you want some meatloaf? Yeah, <laughs> that was a really good moment. They're they're disgusting. Like they've been using the cooler or the the fr- the freezer to for their waste. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was unusual, but that was kind of fun anyway. Mm-hmm. I like and I like that they take the time to think of things like that because that's an issue they would have to deal with. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, then again, they said in, later in the thing that the prison still had running water, so I don't know, you know. I don't understand why they had to go for the freezer, but whatever. And they kind of seemed like they had a lot of access to different areas. Not all areas. I well, think they were locked no, into certain parts. the kitchen parts. was one of them. And if they have running water and they're in a kitchen. I know. You know, whatever. They could have done something. Yeah. But. But whatever. The freezer freezer toilet is fun. These are prison criminals. <laughs> they may not have their act together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. However, and one of them says this, and this is great. This is where, like. I think it is really becomes interesting for me in that respect. It's something that for the most part, I think there's a certain tone that comes in, in this book that I think the show has pretty successfully pulled from the source material in that example, the prisoners, this is jumping ahead, but the prisoners are like, we were fine here for four months or however long for however many months, just the four of us and nobody died. You guys show up and suddenly you're all killing each other. Mm -hmm. Like just, just the idea of like how being out there affects people and how they become, some people become crazy and them as a group, like on the TV show and in here, obviously them as a group are not stable people at all. Like there's right. It's not a stable group. Um, and that's something that I've always found interesting in the show that I think is part of what I really like about here. Cause you're really seeing it like, mm-hmm. and, and the characters I think do a good, a good job of pointing it out too, mm-hmm. but better in the book than in, in the TV in, show. In the show. Yeah. Um, and I want to say it was Dale maybe, um, said something specifically about Rick where they're like, he's like, either he's you know, in, in like insane with rage or he's like overly optimistic about everything and everything's going to be great and wonderful. Yeah. And like oh, yeah. Flops between the two extremes. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And yeah. yeah. I mean, you might've got a little bit of that in the first two volumes, but Rick's character is pretty interesting in here in regards to that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you are starting to get that like extreme on, on hinged mm-hmm. Rick. Crazy stuff happens. Oh Yeah. 
crazy stuff happens in this. There's a lot of good stuff. Again, we're going to go full spoilers here. We get we finally get the payoff between Tyrese's daughter and I don't even know his name, but the kid, her boyfriend. Oh, Chris. Where he's the seedy guy who's been plotting something. We find out yeah. what that is. It's, we got guns. We finally got them. We finally got guns. And in my mind, it was always, and maybe this is what they were intending, in which case they succeeded. In my mind, he was going to shoot the dad or do something like that. But that's not it at all. In fact, no. it, instead, we get a twist. And I think they set that twist up really well without, I like, it took me by surprise what their plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, they were supposed to do it like a double murder suicide type thing. Well, not a double. It was supposed to be like, uh, yeah, a murder. It, yeah, it was murder. basically. They were going to murder each other. But it's a suicide type thing. Yeah. The the boyfriend and, and Tyrese's daughter. After they had sex, of course. Of course. Got it. Got it. First time, right? Yeah, got to lose their virginity yeah. on a filthy floor first, and then kill each other. And then kill each other. Right? Yeah, they went. They went to go out on a high. Yeah, <laughs> and and that was portrayed fairly well mm-hmm. in the like, you know, he was all like, oh, well, "Are you sure?" Blah blah blah, and she was like, "It was perfect." Blah blah blah. Like, I just thought that intercha- that exchange was was handled very well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was crap, by the way. She was just trying to get him to get on with it. It wasn't perfect. There's no such thing, especially well, the first <laughs> time. Well, of course. Okay. Well, of course. That's why I like it. That's what I liked about it because it seemed like a pretty realistic exchange. Yeah. You know, um, not that it always would go this way, but the guy's self conscious about it. It was like, are you sure it was good? You know, and he wants that extra, like, yeah, it was great. Yeah, struck me. And, and then, of course, she's not going to be like, you know, telling the complete truth, but she's going to say what, what she thinks is she wants nice. To hear. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what I liked about it because mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you I know do. that. I do know that. I'm not talking you specifically. That makes it weird. I mean, the reader. <laughs> <laughs> the reader knows that. Um, Good job, reader. And the guy probably, the character probably knows that. Yeah. But that's how it goes in life. But then they 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 have this plot to shoot each other in the chest, and it goes. You start to get into The Walking Dead like it's going to go as wrong as it can, and it does. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. She ends up dead, and he he waited too long to pull the trigger. So, of course... The he pulled too soon. Oh, he pulled the trigger too soon. That's right. And and so, of course, she's dead, and this seedy guy that we have no reason to care for at all, in fact, he's only been set up for us to dislike him, is alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but not for long. Yeah. Income Tyrese and uh Tyrese and Rick. And Rick. And and then the then then the fun stuff comes. <laughs> that that it really is. Then people start just losing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That scene's pretty that's a pretty hardcore scene too. Tyrese finds her body and all that. Um Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it's pretty I can't imagine having to be him and mm-hmm. well, just losing a child in the first place would be horrific enough and then wanting her to be alive and having her and this was the part that randy was why why didn't tell him and then having her uh reanimate as a zombie Mm -hmm. and trying to reason with her which you know we all know you can't reason with a zombie oh yeah and the boyfriend shoots her again Mm -hmm. he's the one that and then tyrese kills the boyfriend pretty quick Mm -hmm. he starts to come back and rick's like don't let him come back. And Tyrese is like, no, I want him to. I'm going to kill him again. 
much slower this time. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Which is a fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets it, you get into that hardcore territory mm-hmm. real quick, and from that moment, like it is just everything is just straight drop downhill for everybody there. Mm-hmm. Like it just things go bad all around. Yeah. And by this point, we've got Herschel and Glenn and that whole family has come back over to the. Uh, they've come back to the uh, prison or they've rejoined the group. Which I was really surprised by. And I like that they did that. I like that Rick was like, I can't just leave them out there knowing that we have this secure mm-hmm. place. I also like that they didn't spend very much time on that. Rick's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go out there and try to convince them to come back. And like the next page, he's out there talking to him. And then like the page after that, they're all back there. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah. I like that they didn't spend a lot of time on that. Yeah. But they also used the, as I was talking earlier, the cold slows zombies down and it's springtime. So. They're, they're getting more and more zombie attacks out at the farm. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense for them to move. Mm-hmm. It's all very logical. But mm-hmm. the next horror that happens, happens to Herschel, of course, because poor man can't have enough bad things happen to him. Um, but this was in a previous episode. Uh, I had, We were talking about how many kids Herschel had. And I was like, no, he has a lot more kids. And I didn't want to give away why I wanted to make sure you guys knew he had a lot of extra kids. But it was because of of this, the scene with the, the girls. Well, and it might be me, but that seemed unclear to me because I didn't know who, I didn't know who those little girls were until Herschel showed up and it was like, Oh, well clearly it was Herschel's. I didn't know who yeah. those kids were. Right. So I don't know. Maybe it might just be me and I didn't catch it, mm-hmm. but I didn't think it seemed very clear. But then again, I guess, you know, a bunch of people showed up with Herschel. I should have assumed they were all Herschel's family. Mm-hmm. Well, and while this is all happening, um, Rick is off, like, oh, yeah. double, he's double checking the fact that these, you know, these dead people can come back. Mm-hmm. So he's got to make his own little trip on a motorcycle, a la Daryl Dixon, and uh, mm-hmm. make sure that Shane is uh, actually dead. This is a, this is a, like a kind of an important thing in, in the like Walking Dead zombie or comic book zombie rules is. Yeah, this is when they discover that people come back. You don't have mm-hmm. to be bitten. They just come back, which I think I had mentioned. Yeah, I mentioned last time if that was the case, and you like tried to play it cool because you didn't want to spoil it, which yeah. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I did. I, I know. I uh, figured you might. Um, I'm like, no, that's never been established. Not ha- doesn't happen. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because if you're like, not yet, I'd be like, why'd you say something? You're spoiling it. I know. <laughs> no, I did good. I was proud of myself. You did good. I, I, And I think the fact that you like kind of played it off as like, no, no, that's not the case, Like, made this more of a surprise for me. Um, and I like that Rick, like, okay, well, I got to go do this thing. Mm-hmm. And it was to go dig up Shane. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's not going to bury him a second time. Oh. I also like that they didn't spend, a, like, he was gone. The story mm-hmm. continued with him gone, and then it would go with him, but they didn't spend a lot of time on what would have otherwise been, a, I'm assuming, a pretty freaking long bike ride. Yeah, it was like, yeah. there and back was three days, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like literally a page and a half later, and we're uh, with Herschel walking in on what happens. Yeah. And that, one of the first, I remember the first time around, that blew my mind. I'm like, wait, what? what is going on here? How did this happen? Uh-huh. And which, you know, I'm sure it's even worse for the characters, you know, blindsided by this craziness. But it is shocking. 
It is shocking. Because it seems, it does seem out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, yeah, like I said, hardcore. It gets all hardcore. This imagery is one of the thing, the first things I remember that will always stick with me when I think of The Walking Dead. In case, so these little girls go to get a haircut or something, and they're in the barber area, and then they're left alone for a smidge, and Herschel goes to find him, and when he gets back, someone has decapitated both of these little girls. Mm-hmm. Their bodies are laying on the floor with their heads laying there, and then in like as the panels go down the, the page, their heads wake up. Their eyes as start zombies. like looking around. And I and yeah, always, always, <laughs> I will remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, very striking, it, and disturbing yeah, image. It's for very sure. so disturbing. So obviously, Herschel's not having a good time, and now everybody's in a panic because there's a murder amongst them. You know, I don't think it's not Rick's fault, mm-hmm. but the, that group showing up has been nothing but bad news for Herschel. I know it. Um, and Rick, but you know, later in later on as it goes on, Rick blames himself, and Herschel mm-hmm. blames himself, and everybody everybody feels really bad about it and mm-hmm. tries to take on the guilt of it, except for you know maybe the inmates. Mm-hmm. When then you get into this whole who done it kind of mm-hmm. thing where you're like okay who did who done it and uh they're like they've got that creepy shower scene where the one guy's like a creeper and you're like oh oh he's creepy so maybe it's him but and of course they lock up they lock up uh the the one guy that they know was in there for murder mm-hmm. which oh yeah is logical but then again they had no like evidence to do so yeah, and and, and like he was the, saying, he, and he's and I think in a way, in this, he's the big scary black guy. Yeah. So I think that's part of it too. Yeah, I'm sure. Especially they, they don't really play on that, but Lori has such a fit over him. Yeah, you know, it's that guy. It's that guy. Blah blah blah. You know. That's so. what I was gonna say. You don't really need to spell it out when you have Lori, the overreacting white housewife, uh-huh. being the one putting him in there. It's kind of spelled out already. Yeah. Right. Um. But when he, he says right away, you know, I'm in for murder. I killed my wife and her boyfriend. They were, you know, they were cheating on me. People like that. He doesn't seem like he's, oh, I'm a big serial killer. So I don't know why they would jump to that conclusion other than, she's, you know, well, well, yeah. I mean, he's a big, scary guy and they know that he has killed somebody. And yeah, she's Lori is. And she even says it several times and other co- characters comment on it several times. She's over emotional wreck through this whole thing mm-hmm. but she really does throw a bigger fit so they spoilers again but they <laughs> it turns out it's not that guy it's the other guy who everybody said who i recall a couple characters call referring to him as the nerd and he seems okay when it's that guy she's not that big of a she's not that mm-hmm she uh, gets very upset at Rick for beating the crap out of him and busting his hand all up without any kind of, I don't know, whatever. And then when he's like, we need to, you know, it's, what is it? This little phrase they use. Rick. You kill, you die or something mm-hmm. like that. It becomes, you know, a yeah, thing. And they, well, and they say, he says it over and over. He says it multiple times. Right. Well, yeah, Rick is gone during a lot of this. Oh, and. I forgot about this too. They go to clean out Rick leaves and Tyrese. This is, this is kind of similar to how it goes in the TV show. Mm -hmm. Um, and Tyrese is like, let's go clean out that gym, blah, blah, blah. And he's obviously, he's not, he seems not to be reacting at all to his daughter's death. Mm -hmm. 
in the TV show, it's what? It's his sister, I think? Or yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's right. <laughs> and so he gathers Glenn and somebody else to go clean out the gym. And like in the TV show, is just becomes reckless and literally just throws himself into the middle of a, a group of zombies. And Glenn and who else was it? Was it? It doesn't matter. They end up having to leave him behind because they figure, well, if we don't, we're going to get eaten and he's probably done for. So they lock the door up. He was in there until Rick got back. Because mm-hmm. Rick got back and was like, well, let's go in there, blah, blah, blah. And they get in there and he's just sitting there amongst like this uh, mounds of zombie corpses. And he's like, well, about time. You guys got back. Mm-hmm. And I think when he launched himself in there, he just had a hammer. So he took on like a whole room full of these zombies with a hammer. Yeah, it's uh, I can understand maybe him surviving it through rage, but not having gotten bit at all. Yeah, is, yeah. is a little. He seems like he gets totally overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a stretch. Yeah. But I mean, that makes it kind of fun when it's like, oh, oh, wow. OK, he's he's all right. Yeah, and then there's the the killer guy, mm-hmm. this unknown killer who killed the little girls, mm-hmm. turns out to be the 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 tax evasion guy mm-hmm. who swears he didn't do it. The tax evasion that is, yeah. um, and he attacks. Was it Andrea? Andrea, yeah, mm-hmm. and cuts her up a bit, and and he just at that point like he's just gone crazy and. He just chases her right out into the open in front of everybody, and he's still trying to attack her in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's when Rick's like, "This mf right here," mm-hmm. and <laughs> like beats the crap out of him to where Rick's hands are all busted up, and it's the guy's face is all busted up, and mm-hmm. it's pretty brutal. And everybody, I mean, obviously, I understand why it's a shocking scene to come upon, but everybody, I don't know, reacts badly mm-hmm. yeah 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 and meanwhile everybody else is finding love <laughs> that's true yeah it's like tyrese and carol are in the gym and oh, uh yeah. Car- carl and uh was it sophia are like yeah i'll be your boyfriend yeah yeah it's like all this all this love is happening and then rick's going like postal mm-hmm. well that kind of erupts out while Car- carl and um, well, Sophia are, are out yeah. there, so they watch this happen too. And I was thinking oh, about yeah. that when that was happening. Yeah, um, because I, he becomes scared. He's like, "Is Daddy gonna kill us?" Mm-hmm. I like that whole thing because, well, partially because I don't like what's Carl's mom's name, Lori. Okay, I don't really care for Lori in the book or the show, but I like that it takes basically Carl to make her see sense, where he's like. Was he a bad man like Shane, the guy I killed? And she has to be like, oh, crap, yeah. Yeah, I do like that, too, because she was, yeah, not she... seeing it Rick's way. She was yeah. not seeing it Rick's way at all and, until Carl said that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it also kind of puts a, makes you step back and look at the whole world. Like, you can't judge things the way that we judge things in our current world because, yeah, sometimes little kids end up having to kill uh, adults that have gone insane. Yeah. And they're... You can't blame them, and so you can't really blame him when he freaks out on some guy that decapitated two little girls, mm-hmm. which I don't really understand why she would freak out about that anyway. No, yeah. But, 
because she, she threw a bigger fit about the one guy that they had locked up. Mm-hmm. And then the other, to me, kind of, and they don't really show much. They show little bits, but uh, the other kind of horrific bit of 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 the book was or that last one. Though, well, I suppose we should tell the story. The guy gets loose because what is her name, Patricia? Yep. Oh yeah. Pa- Patricia lets him out because he had been friendly to her, and she thinks they're you know being unfair to him. So she lets him out, and obviously he's gone completely nuts because he, as soon as she lets him out, he starts attacking her. Mm-hmm. Like choking her and stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, Maggie steps out from the cell behind them and shoots him. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she's and like... Is, that's right after she has that interchange with Glenn where she's like, I don't think I can love you anymore because everyone dies. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she shoots shoots him. And she's like, yeah, hey, I feel a little better now. Mm-hmm. So they don't get to have their whole, you know, like hanging trial whatever mm-hmm. type thing they were planning on having but then what what they do with this body after that they take the guy out to the fence and throw him out to the zombies and Herschel and maggie watch him get torn apart yeah and i'm like jesus yeah they do <laughs> that's watch. kind of the look on Herschel's face when he's watching he's just like stone old just dead mm-hmm. eyes just watching it and, and spoilers, uh, while this is all happening, uh, the prisoners have got their own little plan going. Yeah, because they know where some guns are that the group is not aware of. And it's, well, it's like the guy, the guy they had locked up, like he said, like, we were here, we were fine here all this time. And then you guys show up and start murdering each other. We're not the crazy ones. And he's like, you know, come, he's basically like, forget these people. This is our prison, and it kind of sounds like their plan is, if they have to, grab the guns and then exca- escape from the prison, shoot their way out to leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, and I could be wrong, it kind of seems like the end, like, he's like, you guys need to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he pretty much says it, it with expletives, with Grolix's. Uh-huh. Oh, he says, and I appreciate the rawness and the realness. He says some Hardcore things, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate kind of how real they keep him as like a hardened prison prison mm-hmm. uh, inmate, but it was kind of shocking too. I mean, because there's strong language in this, but uh, he says some things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's it. That's the end of it. That's where we're left. Mm-hmm. So it's an exciting cliffhanger right there. Yeah, I love this one. I think the art was good. I think because the last issue, the art, this artist is good. I mean, he's he's very good, and he's the one who's been doing it since volume two of the trades. Mm-hmm. I think I was a little thrown last issue by by the art change. Not that they were wildly different, but I preferred the first the first artist. I'm his name is eluding me right now. Uh, Tony Moore. Yes, very well known. I think I was, you know, past that on this. And I did appreciate the art looks good. The characters are solid and always very consistent mm-hmm. looking like the art's very consistent. And I think the zombies, like, I'm sure if I look back at volume two, it'd be no different. It'd be the same. But the zombies felt like they had a good amount of just crud and detail and funk uh-huh. that I really appreciated about Tony Moore's version of the zombies. Right. Um, right. So I don't think it's not that the art is different over volume two. I think I just like was past the artist change and really appreciated it more in this one. Mm-hmm. And oh, sorry, this is another little aside thing, but I I like the little 
things that, and because we watch the show, have a bigger impact probably on us too, but that are little nothings, but but they can, you know, like, have, like, little conversations about them, like the stabbing the zombies through the fence. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And how that one guy, uh-huh. who I knew couldn't be a bad guy, because even though he did the little small pervert shower thing, spent, like, forever being like, or we could just pull the hold the knife start uh, tighter when we pull it back. Or or we could just keep a holder tied on the knife. Like every time they oh, kept trying to yeah, yeah. Come, come up with different inventions to, to get the knife out of the zombies' heads. Yeah, I was surprised by that. And I'm like, no, he's funny and he's great. He's not a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, they're they're because in the show, and this is kind of a flaw of the effect and a little bit of like, well, suspension of disbelief. I mean it's zombies anyway. Mm-hmm. But in the show, it is like uh, stabbing through air when they stab these things in the head. Mm-hmm. Like, it's yeah. just easy. That's because they are they are stabbing through air, and then it's like yeah. digitally, whatever. But they just boom and stab them in the head, pull the knife out, no problem. But in here, like, yeah, the one guy's like, we could just do this. Like, they're coming up with that plan where they go out all the time and thin out the zombie herd up against the fences. But yeah, he can't hold on to the knife. And the zombie mm-hmm. falls back and pulls the knife out, and they're coming up with these like some of them are kind of wacky mm-hmm. plans to like you know have a board attached to this or that or oh this wouldn't work like making it difficult. <laughs> and I didn't really understand why they weren't yeah why you weren't just like well hold on to the knife tighter and that's what the one guy was saying the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoyed that too, and was a little I was as perplexed as the one guy as to why they were having so much so much trouble with it. Mm-hmm. But realistically, it would be you would have to hold on to it tight to pull it back out. I would think. Mm-hmm. I've never stabbed it's zombies. Funny on. that the the comics pay closer attention to physics uh-huh. than the TV show, and you'd think it'd be the other way around. But no, it's truth though. Yeah, yeah. I can't recall what else, but yeah, I don't think this is the first time where I'm like the comics handled this so much more realistically than the TV. Well, show like does. the mm-hmm. the cold, like the frozen mm-hmm. zombies. They mm-hmm. don't. They haven't come up in the show yet. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Uh, winter doesn't seem to exist in the show. Nope. Kind of. Ha- I think it happens in between seasons. I, I think you're yeah, right. That that's when Lori goes from "I'm pregnant" to "Wow, she's pregnant." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. You know. So yeah. So there's our dead air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed this one quite a bit, though. I'm it was good. Yeah. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Super fast read, and I uh, accidentally just paged to the first page of uh, volume four as we were going through, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, Michonne. Uh, so oh, super, ex- super excited about volume four. Spoilers, Michonne. Yeah. I wish I had. I wish I had that actual issue when Michonne first showed up. Michonne, Michonne first yeah. showed up Michonne. on the TV show. Mm-hmm. That became a very pricey comic book. Oh yeah, I bet. Because she's a a word we can't use on this show, even though I really wish we could, because it is the best word to describe so many things. A a bad behind. A, a bad I behind. The B B A M F. Yeah, yeah. Or, or as Dane Cook would call it, a bamf. A bamf. <laughs> yep. But in a comic book podcast, that means something. That that's a that's a power. That means that's a good else. point. That's a good point. Yeah. But I like it. We haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. I don't know if we'll be able to watch it soon because we missed it. But have you watched? Did you watch the the first Fear of the Walking Dead? I have not. Yeah, no. me either. 
Well, darn it. We uh, I've, I've, I've heard it's a slow start, but it may be, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. The interesting thing is, like, thinking about it, if this all goes well kind of thing, and we, we see the show continue, eventually the show is going to be the same as The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yeah. that, like, that's the goal. It's basically, well, we hope this show continues, so eventually it will be The Walking Dead, only with different characters. Because they, I can't imagine they would... I mean, you can't do... In terms of like having characters do things within this world, the world, yeah, it ends up to be the same thing as The Walking Dead. Yeah, the setting which, is the same. Which is not to say that they can't do awesome things. It's just they're really going to have to be creative when it comes to the writing. I almost wonder if they don't expect it to last that long. Well, well, I have questions. Where does it start? It's like I don't know when it. What do you mean? It's, Where it's the starts- location? It's uh the West Coast, like California or something. Okay. See, here's what I was thinking. If they're going to try and do the same thing, only completely different. Well, first of all, it's going to be different because they're doing the beginning of the outbreak. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking where they should take it, and I don't know where they plan on taking it or whatever. But since they're a coastal city, they should go take to the water and then maybe some islands oh, and some, yeah. see how all of that is affected. Because we're assuming this is a big global thing, mm-hmm. and we don't know how it affects any other country besides America. Um, so if, you know, if we could get some on the water stuff, because I've read some, some zombie books and seen a, a few things, but mostly read things, uh, where ocean zombie stuff gets crazy and scary. Uh, zombie so I'd versus really shark? like to see that, huh? Zombie versus <laughs> shark. Well, uh, <laughs> no, but you know, <laughs> zombie shark NATO, they can't drown, but, but water's not good on water's not good on them flesh. <laughs> um, so I yeah. hear, yeah, salt water especially. But if you're say in a like islandy area that's near um, a mainland, stuff could walk across the water and not deteriorate and make it to the island. And there's some interesting possible fortifications they could do that might work or might not and there's just lots of things that they could play with if if they're going to go off the coast that would make the show completely different but still really interesting that reminded me of there is a it's like an unofficial sequel to dawn of the dead there's Mm -hmm. a i believe it's a 70s uh italian american it's like italian Mm -hmm. produced but released here called Zombie with an I, or Zombie 2, depending. Like, it's got a couple different titles. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The copy I have is Zombie with an I. I think it's a loot. Uh, I just had his, the director. Dave, Dave mentioned this to me a few times, yeah. And what makes me think of it is because, yeah, I referenced it, Zombie versus Shark. It has not only the best Zombie versus Shark scene you'll ever see, the only Zombie versus Shark <laughs> yeah. scene you'll ever see. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty insane. But... That is, I mean, other than that joke, it is relevant because it is like a zombie outbreak that kind of starts like zombie versus shark. There's some boat stuff and then a lot of island stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were watching like one of those top 10 uh, video lists of top 10 like crazy death scenes or whatever. And the one with the, the splinter through the lady's eye, mm-hmm. that was zombie. The the, the effects are um like the, the, the gore effects are insane and gruesome in that movie mm-hmm. but 
not an amazing movie, but totally a pretty awesome zombie, 70s zombie movie, you know? Right. When it, it harkens back to uh, what is uh, episode one or two where we were talking about the other dead animal zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They never, I mean, I assume from things I've seen and read zombie shark that zombie Ooh, boy. animals aren't affected. So in walking dead. Yeah. Mm. And, and even if they stay on the mainland, I suppose they're going to be in California, which is going to have a, a much higher popula- population than whatever suburban mm. A suburban and a lot of like, well, no, they, yeah, a lot of rural areas they spend in the yeah. Walking Dead series. They went to Atlanta and it only, I think, like, jumped into like the very outskirts of Atlanta for a minute, mm-hmm. and that was all that we saw of of like a metropolitan area. Yeah, it's just true. So, but seeing and it, it had pretty much been desolated by the time Rick got there, right? So, seeing them in a highly populated area and not and and from the beginning of the outbreak, I think is. Just that will carry it through several seasons, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if they last long enough, we'll see if they do some interesting out in the water type stuff. Yeah. Which I would totally do. I'd, I'd, I'd steal a yacht from some zombie and become a <laughs> sailor. A zombie. I'd steal a yacht from a zombie, I'd become a sailor, and then I'd go all... um last man on earth and start like going to different cities and being like, Oh, I'd like a Mona Lisa in my bathroom. So (laughs) it would make that, that zombie captain quite pirate. (laughs) We had to, (laughs) we had to, we didn't have any, we didn't have any, uh, classic Jesse puns. This episode. (laughs) You're right. It's not a Grolix without a pun. No, it doesn't have to be a good pun, but it has to be a pun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So when this drops, <laughs> the Grolix Bites number three will have been out for like two weeks, maybe. Yeah. Well, and I, I just got a uh, I just got a text uh, that the so all of the uh, kickstarters that we mentioned on that episode have been funded. In mm. fact, Canon, Canons of the Clouds uh, was the one that was like was the one that was not funded. Mm-hmm. It's funded, and they actually processed my pledge. So nice. Gold, gold, and triple gold. See, we told you we were going to recommend you some good, promising Kickstarter projects, and they were yeah, all funded. Yeah. In fact, yep. everybody who's run a Kickstarter that we've talked to on here, they were successful. I think that we're good luck. Yeah. We're like magic, magic magician, rabbit foot, rabbit foots. Yeah, that's what we are. Rub us. Mm-hmm. We're good luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's weird. Yeah, and I, I, <laughs> that's I, a bumper sticker right there. Rub us, we're good luck. Rolex podcast. I don't know that I'm what really comfortable this? with people just coming up and rubbing my boyfriend. No, <laughs> no, you're making it too too real. You got to rub the Grolix podcast. Oh, as a collective, as a collective, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Rub our symbols. Yeah. <laughs> no, slap the Grolix on it. Yeah. Yep. And uh, then rub that slap. Wait, what? No. Yeah. So I think that you gotta rub it in. That makes it nice and warm and tubey. <laughs> We're not letting this one go. <laughs> I start these things, and then you guys run with them. You run away with them. <laughs> we can't. We can't let them go. No. Uh-uh. The Grolix bites are generally supposed to be shorter episodes, and I think Melanie and I really sidetracked your original plans for the for that, Jesse. No. Um, I- 
Well, you know, when, when it's just you, you've got to have a lot of content. And so that's what I did. I had a lot of content. But when you have people there that can react to that content, that becomes easily a regular episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I have I have ideas for, for one, how that episode probably should have went. But if we do future ones like that, Grolix Bites with all of us, I have some ideas on keeping it um, reeled in a little bit. Mm-hmm. For one, I should have had those those show notes you sent me out and looking at them so that we could have like bounced back and forth between reading the headlines. That might have made it smoother. But I think when we have React at the News, especially since it's React at the News, we should almost have like a timer with a buzzer or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And set it like to a, two like or, a speed round kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Set mm-hmm. it to like two or three minutes. Even, okay, I guess if it's going to be each of us, maybe two minutes each. If we each have separate something separate to say about it, or we could do like you know a collective thing, and just hit that, and then we'll have the headline, hit the timer, and then we'll have our couple minutes to react. Mm-hmm. And, right, and okay. that'll keep us reeled in. That might be kind of cool. Yeah, we we had lots of great discussion, and I still encourage people. You know, I encourage you to go ahead and listen to it because it's it's a lot of fun. But it's like it's like a full extra episode that you got out of us for. You know, just because. Yeah, it's about a, it came out to be about an hour and a half. The recording was over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so some stuff got trimmed, and eventually, I some of the the YouTube stuff's fallen behind because I've gotten distracted with other things. But uh, there's a whole like discussion about Fantastic Four that I cut, and oh, yeah. and there's some other things that I trimmed that would make for some good like supplemental content and. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube videos and radio station time fillers for those odd length episodes, stuff like that. And it was good because it once again proved that I am always right. And uh, everyone just needs to accept that and the world will be a better place. In what way? Because Arrow won. Oh, you're right. I, I said I'm always right. Because we recorded that before the uh, WWE <laughs> match with um, Stephen Amell. Uh-huh. And... You and Jesse, like Jesse, <laughs> thought he was he was gonna lose, and you thought he's gonna win, and and I was right. You were right, like I said. Yeah, nope. <laughs> always am. You guys should have thrown some money on it, made it interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, glad. I'm glad we did. <laughs> <laughs> History has shown I'd be on the losing end of that. <laughs> uh, but I think it was a fun episode, and the one p- upside to having the longer bites like that is, even though they're news topics, I think there was some like interesting discussions that are still be interesting and relevant to listen to later on too. Oh yeah. Also on the Grolix Bites, we talked about your album just in case people didn't uh, hear that. uh, Where should they go? They should go to superscience.bandcamp.com or superscience.xyz, whichever you can remember, but the Bandcamp is the direct one. If you go to my website, you'll probably end up at the Bandcamp site anyway. Yeah. Listen to my music. Um, You can listen to, uh, my new album, Blood, for free. Uh, you can download high-quality digital download version of it uh, for monies, if you want. <laughs> um, some I have a... Sometime I might do, like, just kind of... I might randomly just throw some free, like, download codes out once in a while. Um, there we go, yeah. But yeah, check that out. We talked a lot about it in that last episode, so I don't want to get too much into it, except I do want to comment on something. We're going we, we're gonna to comment on our previous episode here. Mel- Melanie had been up all night. Yes, I had. You, you said some pretty amusing things that Jesse noticed while we were recording. I didn't even notice. 
We're talking about vampires okay. and sexy vampires. Okay. And, and, I referenced that earlier in the episode, but nobody caught it. Oh, did you see? Where, yeah, I said, I, said uh, I never met a spade I didn't like. That's right. That's what you were okay. talking. Okay, okay. <laughs> you said, you said, I never met a vampire I didn't like. But and then you continued on. <laughs> I, I Jesse laughed. laughed, and then I jumped in and just continued on like nothing happened. <laughs> I was feeling crazy for a moment there. Yeah. When I was editing the episode, I come across that, and I was like, "What did she just say?" <laughs> I write it back, and you're like, I never met a vampire I didn't like. And I messaged Jesse right away. I was like, man, you caught this because you laughed, but neither of us noticed what she said. Well, I'm sure it meant something like, you know. Well, it meant you generally like vampires. Yeah. Vampire stories. And yes, vampires do. are cool and all this. But, it came, but you were sleep deprived, and it came out. I never met a vampire I didn't like. But you just delivered it with such seriousness, and you were just... <laughs> Continued with the rest of your thought. <laughs> well, you know, that's what it takes. It's pretty great. Pretty I'm great. Tired. That, that's the magic. That's yep. the magic right there. Mm-hmm. Give me, give me one more day without sleep, man. I'd be deliriously funny. It'd be great. <laughs> but I'd probably, you know, suffer in some several ways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it, about it for the show. But hey. Uh, send us an email. We'd love to get an email, like a letters page section going. Send us an email at letters at grawlixpodcast.com. Uh, ask us some questions. May, uh, give us some discussion topics or just, like, feedback on the show, on us as people. Try not to get too personal. I want to know how cool I am. <laughs> it, it, yeah. That sounded so sincere. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it kind of broke my heart. There was so much emotion in that. Listen, you you can hear what's at stake. <laughs> Email us at letters at grolicspodcast.com and tell Melanie how cool she is. Please. <laughs> um, also, follow us on Twitter at Podcast. Uh, check out the website, grolicspodcast.com. We are on Facebook. Not only do we have a page, facebook.com slash Podcast, but we have a f- Facebook group, and I'm actually really excited. I hope this, I hope that, like, blows up. Uh, come join it. It's Facebook.com slash groups slash Grawlix Podcast. I mean, we, you can sense a theme here with the URLs. Um, <laughs> yep. Uh, Grawlix Podcast was a good pick. Come talk to us. Uh, like, we generally, like, I've actually been kind of posting more, like, random amusing stuff I find in there than, like, other places. Because mm-hmm. I like it, and I hope to, like, get some discussions going in there. Um, so if you want to talk comic books, Doctor Who, random nerdy meme pictures or about the episodes, whatever, uh, come join the group. Uh, we'll let you in. Uh, you know, we're not elitists. Not at all. Not One of us. One of us. Google gobble. Google gobble. Google yeah. gobble. And, uh, also you can check out our show on the comics podcast.com comic book, uh, comics podcast, podcast network. I, I, wow. I, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, another welcome to Fatboy and Captain Llama to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Uh, we really do enjoy their show. You should check it out. I mean, if you're listening to us ramble about comic books and movies for this long, you're going to love their show. You might never come back. Don't do that. But go check them out. Go check them out. They're, they're, and, then, and then come back. And then yeah. come back. 
and then wonder why you came back, and then go back there. (laughs) And then come back here, please. (laughs) Please. 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 When you're done listening to them, come back to us. That's how it is. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is a pretty funny show. And they, from a personal, like, from my viewpoint, I enjoy their show quite a bit because they talk a lot of DC. They talk Marvel stuff, too. um, But it seems like they read a lot of DC, so I like that slant. Right there. The DC slant. Mm-hmm. All right. This is Melanie, and if grulxing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. This is Randy. Tell me where the grulx is. And this is Jesse. As always, should you or your IM force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions, and this grulx will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck. Thank you for listening to Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 4.0 International License. To hear more, visit GrawlixPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast and like us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Podcast. Well, that was an episode. <laughs> Shambling to greatness. That's 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 how we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah this is how we do.